Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show, Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you. What a weekend we have had uh, in the Premier League, and then, of course, these wonderful New Year's matches. Happy 2020, everybody. The Premier League's going to take a little break for the next week or so as we get into the third round of the FA Cup. So we've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Premier League, what happened over the holiday season Let's take a look at the table. Let's talk about the winners and losers. Also, of course, January 1st is now behind us, and we're into the January window. So let's start taking a look at some of the clubs and the moves they may make in the January window for bringing new players in and maybe getting rid of a few players as well. And then, of course, we'll run through some of the FA Cup matches happening over the weekend. It's the third round, so the Premier League teams join in the fray. Good stuff for all. It's been a... Really wonderful holiday season in terms of the Premier League. Liverpool ends it top of the table, unbeaten now in, gosh, uh, 59 games in the Premier League. Pardon me, one loss in 59 games. I mean, that is an unbelievable statistic when you think about it. And actually, I believe it's 58 games because they, well, maybe they lost one. The, they, yes, maybe they went the final game of the previous season, of the 2017 season. I'll check that right now. Did they go 2000? Yes, they did. Okay, so you're right. It is 59 games because in May 2018, they beat Brighton 4-0 at Anfield. Then, of course, they went all of last season with only the one loss, and that was to uh, Manchester City. And this season, they've had no losses whatsoever. So, correct, 59 games unbeaten in the Premier League. They've actually gone unbeaten for well over a year at this point. Incredible stuff. Let's talk about Liverpool. Let's talk about Leicester City, who righted the ship. Let's talk about Man City as well, who seems to be back on track. Chelsea, fans turning against Frank Lampard. Come on, get a life. Let's talk United. Let's talk Tottenham. Wolves, Sheffield United, we've got to talk Arsenal and Everton. Big win for Arsenal. So much to get to. Big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. This is Fifth Street Soccer. We will talk the beautiful game as we do Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. I'm going to take a break. So much to get to. So little time. I'll be right back to kick it all off after this. is upon us. By the way, as my friend Bill Keller uh, pointed out, in fact, the, the new decade doesn't actually start until December the 31st of 2020, apparently. So uh, we're all a little wrong, but for all of us, it is a new decade anyway. So welcome to it. And we're starting off the decade with a bang in terms of the Premier League, in terms of the beautiful game. And we have had really an unbelievable holiday season of football which is now over and of course i'm not talking about the afc or the nfc wild card games or the super bowl or the patriots crapping out and the and the ravens uh, on a roll or all these bowl games of course i'm talking about the english premier league talking about the champions league now we're going to talk a little fa cup and of course the silly season behind us really with 
these holiday fixtures gone. January means the opening of the transfer window. So we're going to take a, a peek at some of the clubs and the moves they may make in the transfer window and what they need. But let's start it all off with a discussion about what happened uh, this week in the Premier League. Uh, Liverpool continue their unbeaten run. They are now played tw- have now played 20 games. They are 13 points on top of the table. They've got three games, uh, pardon me, three points in hand still, which they have to play that game. I believe that game's against West Ham. They've only played 20. Everyone else has played 21 games. Uh, they have scored 49 goals on the season. By the way, only Man City has actually scored more goals than Liverpool, and that's kind of following along with what happened last season as well. But in terms of conceding goals, Liverpool have the best defense in the league. They've conceded 14 goals. Only Watford have come close, conceding uh, only, uh, pardon me, only Watford. Listen to me, I, I, need, my, I need my head examined. Uh, only Leicester City have come close, conceding only 19 goals. Watford have not, although Watford are another great story. We're going to talk about them a little bit today. Uh, they are top of the table. They are 13 points clear. Look, uh, they still have 18 games to play. Have they won the title? No. You don't win the title until you're mathem- you've mathematically won the title, until no one else can catch you, even if you lose every game. Are they in pole position to win the title? Absolutely. But if you've been a Liverpool fan for as long as I have, of course we remember the great times uh, back when it was the first division. Uh, but the great times in the Premier League, quite honestly, have been few and far between. And this would be the first time Liverpool have won the Premier League in 30 years. We've talked about that. I mean, well, no, let me rephrase that. This would be the first time Liverpool have ever, ever won the Premier League. It'll be the first time in 30 years they've won the English top flight, uh, a happening that used to be almost routine back in the old first division days. But now they've solidified this team. They've got depth. They've got talent. They've got mental strength. They've got the leadership of Jurgen Klopp, and they believe. And this is what they want. By the way, don't put it past them to make a very, very deep run again to the semifinals or the finals in the Champions League. This team right now, hands down, the best team on the planet. I don't care what league you're talking about. Sorry fans of La Liga. Sorry fans of Serie A. Sorry fans of the Bundesliga. There is no team in the world right now better, stronger, deeper, better coached, with a more difficult-to-beat system than Liverpool Football Club. Now, the question then says, do you, Nick, because we know you have you are a huge Liverpool fan, have been for decades, that they are going to go unbeaten over the season. And you know, I don't. I don't believe they are going to go through the remaining 18 games without losing a game in the league. Now, they've already lost, obviously, in the, in the League Cup. They lost 5-0 to Aston Villa. That, of course, was the under-23 uh, squad. Uh, because the um, uh, first team was in Dubai playing the World Club Cup, which, of course, they won. But I I just don't think it... And and this might surprise you. I think the next loss for Liverpool is going to come on the 11th of January at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against Jose Mourinho's coach, Tottenham Hotspur. And they have not had a particularly wonderful time with Mourinho at the helm, yes, it's been an improvement, certainly over Pochettino. But they only have two wins in their last five, and they were beaten at St. Mary's by Southampton, 
and I'm laughingly saying Southampton Liverpool's feeder club because so many of Liverpool's players have come from Southampton. We're talking, of course, Virgil van Dijk, the likes of Adam Lallana, the likes of Oxley chamberlain the likes of... Uh, uh, who else has come from there? I'll, I'll remember them here in, in a minute. There's a whole bunch of them. Oh, Dejan Lovren came from uh, um, Southampton. So, uh, But Southampton, surprise winner at home against Tottenham Hotspur. But I just think this is a big match, and Mourinho gets up for these matches. Uh, The other team, of course, Leicester City, 13 points behind. They had a a very nice win away at St. James's Park, uh, beating Newcastle United 3-0. That on the back of that 2-1 victory at the London Stadium over West Ham United. Of course, they then lost two in a row. Of course, they lost uh, at um, the King Power Stadium at the KP to Liverpool 4-0. And they lost away at the Etihad to Man City 3-1. And they drew that unlikely draw against Leicester uh, back on the middle of December. That was 1-1. So Leicester City been a bit up and down. But look, they're losing to teams uh, that I think everybody sort of considers that they should lose to. But they're still in the hunt. And they are facing Southampton, uh, albeit at the King Power Stadium. And I think they're going to win that game. So they're going to keep the pressure on. If Liverpool lose this match against Tottenham, which I have a feeling they're going to, God, I hate to say this, by the way. I really do. Then that gap's going to close to 10 points. But, I mean, look, in order for any team, Leicester, Man City, uh, to catch Liverpool, those are the only two teams we're really talking about. Liverpool are going to have to have a cataclysmic meltdown, which they're not going to do. And Leicester City and Manchester City are essentially going to have to go ahead and win every game, which they're not going to do. I can see them. They're both going to drop points. Uh, Chelsea have a fairly difficult match uh, coming up against uh, at home against Burnley. But Chelsea, again, you know, all over the place a little bit. Young squad. Uh, they won one draw against Brighton Hove Albion at the Amex. That wasn't a huge... Um, was that a huge surprise? I don't know. But, I mean, Chelsea fans... Um, you know, they've been up in arms about this and they're trying to get on, they're getting on Frank Lampard, but I wouldn't do that because if you look at Chelsea, Frank Lampard's been given £150 million to spend now that that transfer ban was lifted. And this is who he's looking at. He's looking at Jaden Sancho from Dortmund, uh, Samuel uh, Chukwesi from Villarreal, uh, Fyodor Chalo from CSK Moscow, Timo Werner of Leipzig, who's a terrific player, uh, Moussa Dembele from Lyon, and Wilfred Zaha at Crystal Palace. Look, they could also make a big move for uh, Nathan Ake from Bournemouth. I think they want about $40 million for him. And so they've got money, and they're going to make some buys. And, and I think if you look at some of the ups and downs that Chelsea have gone through, it's because this transfer ban was lifted. They're a young team. We've discussed that ad nauseum. And when the transfer ban was in place, I think there was a certain camaraderie and a certain freedom of expression that existed at Stamford Bridge because these young players knew they weren't going to be replaced because that was it. These players that were on that first-team squad are the ones that Frank Lampard had to go with. And so I think they played with a certain freedom, and they weren't looking over their shoulder, and they, they, they were playing with no expectations. And so I think that's why they had such a wonderful run. By the way, their run's still very good. They're fourth in the league, 36 points. But I think as soon as that transfer ban was lifted, some of the stresses started to show themselves around these young players who now realize they're now fighting for their position on that very team that they thought was essentially 
uh, given. All right, let's talk about Man United a minute because they've had a bit of ups and downs as well. I mean, I, I personally was shocked that they went to the Emirates and they lost 2-0 to Arsenal. We can talk about that. That was a Mikel Arteta, um, uh, Arteta bounce. I didn't think they were going to get it, but they did. And I thought that was a bad loss for United. They just looked all sorts. They did. They looked out of sorts. Of course, they did have the win against Burnley, and they had that big win at home against Newcastle United. But that was coming off the back of that weird uh, loss 2-0 at Vicarage Road. And before that, of course, uh, they had the draw uh, against Everton at Old Trafford. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, let's take a look at uh, the Man United budget and, and what I think they're going to spend on, who they're looking at. Let's talk about transfer market in January, Manchester United, when we come back on Fistory Soccer. Support for Fifth Street Soccer comes from Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Look, it's 2020. Happy New Year, everyone. And you know what that means? New Year, new me, new nuts. Listen, men, hairy bushes, they're so 2019, or actually more like 1975. If you're going to pick up any New Year's resolution, let it be to take care of your junk. Manscaped is making it easy with their grooming products. Look, I have recently started using this product. And let me tell you, I've gone from Prince Harry to King Baldrick. Easy peasy, no nicks, no hurt, no blood. That's right. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, and thank God for that. Oh, and stop being nasty. You don't have to use the same thing you use to trim your junk on your face. Come on now. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver. Now this is an anti-chafing nut deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put them on the smelliest part of your body? You can get 20% off plus free shipping. Use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. Start the new year off the right way by using the best tools for your tools. Yep, your balls will thank you. Take 20% off with free shipping. Use code B-L-E-A-V at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code BLEAV. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code BLEAV. And like me, you can go from Prince Harry to King Baldrick without any pain. All right, welcome back. Man United, the subject of this discussion right now. We're talking Man United in the January window. The January window is now open because, hey, it's January. Welcome back. I'm Nick Eber. Great to be with you. And by the way, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. Such a pleasure to talk to you as I do each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Also on iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning SiriusXM app. And, of course, coming to you live on SiriusXM211. Dan Patrick Sports. All right, we were talking about United before the break. That would be Manchester United. And mentioned that they had gone to the Emirates and lost 2-0 to Arsenal. In a game, quite frankly, I didn't even think they were in. And I, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I thought Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had this team in a different place. And they're, they're clearly lacking. Now, he's going to be given about £150 million pounds 
but only for players on the list who becomes available, which means if they're not available, and we're talking about guys like Jaden Sancho, and didn't I just talk about Jaden Sancho, uh, James Madison, uh, Christian Eriksen at Tottenham, Declan Rice at West Ham, uh, these are the players that they're looking for. Um, but really, I think what OGS has to do is try to strengthen the midfield, because I think that's the biggest problem there. The front three are kind of firing, and and they seem to have good chemistry, but if they could pick up Ericsson, Madison, or another midfielder, I think it would do really well for them. Um, we'll have to watch and see what United do in the window. And keep in mind, January windows are notoriously difficult because there are fewer players that are available in the January window, and they tend to command a much higher price. Of course, we were talking about uh, Jaden Sancho at Arsenal as well. Uh, was it Arsenal we were talking about him at? Uh, oh, no, Chelsea, excuse me. Jaden Chancel- Sancho is also a Chelsea target as well. Uh, Tottenham have had a bit of ups and downs as of late, uh, losing away at St. Mary's 1-0. Uh, they uh, drew uh, Carroll Road 2-2 to Norwich. They did beat uh, Brighton at home at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, they lost, though, to Chelsea uh, right before Christmas, if you remember that 2-0 a loss at Tottenham Stadium to Chelsea. And then, of course, they had that win at Molyneux away um, against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Let's talk about Tottenham and the transfer window because one of the things I I think uh, is the big question is how's Mourinho going to handle the situation at Tottenham where they are sort of very reticent to spend big money and, and have big salaries? Now, Mourinho has said that he understands the constraints that he's operating on at Spurs, but I don't know. You know, I, I don't uh, I don't believe that. They have a really good squad. Um, of course, injuries to Harry Kane don't help. But I think the problem is this, is Christian Eriksen is such an unknown with this club. He's a great talent. He's not playing to his potential. He seems to just kind of be clocking through the hours at Tottenham. And if they sell him, that could free up a lot of budget that Daniel Levy could give back to Mourinho to buy players. Who he's going to buy, I don't, I don't have a clue. Probably needs a backup striker, maybe a centre-back. Um, we'll, we'll have to take a look. Uh, Wolves lose two on the bounce after a great win at Molyneux against City. They lost to Liverpool 1-0 in a very tight game, by the way. I mean, I, I think Wolverhampton Wanderers are an exceptionally good team. Uh, Nuno Sanchez doing a great job there. But then the surprise was the... Well, it wasn't a surprise, actually. I picked Watford to win the game at Vicarage, Vicarage Road, which they did. And I know I did a whole a handicapping section with Al Ninos from Picks and Parlays, and he had uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers winning that game. And I said, no, I think Watford are on a bounce, and uh, you know they're finally sort of finding their form. Troy Deeney's back, and all these sorts of things. And yeah, they went on to win. But... oh. Wolverhampton Wanderers um, are going to have to fight off interest from Adama Traore because he is the real talent on that club right now. I I know uh, Nuno Santos wants to add a couple of guys to the squad, but um, I would think with Willie Bolly being uh, being injured, they're going to look probably for a centre-back. And uh, they've been looking at Lille. They've been looking at Gabriel Magales and uh, Bubakari Sumare. And apparently Ryan Manning also a QPR. So we'll have to see. I don't expect any sort of blockbuster signings, uh, honestly, from Wolves. Uh, They're doing very well. Sheffield United 
had kind of a rough run uh, during the holiday season. They lost to Watford, or they drew to Watford at home at Bramall Lane. Then, of course, they lost uh, tough, two tough fixtures, lost 2-0 at the Etihad to City, and then 2-0 at Anfield to Liverpool on the final match of uh, the holiday schedule. That saw them drop down to eighth spot in the table, but still doing exceptionally well. Look, this team is only conceded 21 goals. I think the problem that they have is how many goals they scored. And this is not atypical for a promoted club to have trouble finding the back of the net. Uh, you could, they've only scored 23 goals on the season. And if you look, for example, they are top eight. Uh, let's The next team up would be Wolves have scored 30. But then you start to get up into the 30s, the 50s, the high 40s. That's the problem: is scoring goals defensively. They've been outstanding. They do have a plus minus, a plus two right now, which is very good for them. Uh, this is a really nice, solid team in no danger of relegation whatsoever. But they need to put together some results, and they have a very, very tough match coming up at home uh, after the FA Cup break. Uh, actually, I believe this is the first match of the. Premier League week. Uh, it's a Friday match. They're facing West Ham United at Bramall Lane, and that will be very tough because now West Ham have David Moyes, another manager I didn't think was going to give a bounce to, but apparently has. So we'll talk about my failure to read that one properly. Uh, Crystal Palace, one win in the last five. They've really come off the boil. If they ever really were on the boil this season, um, <clears throat> you know, they had that bad period back in uh, towards the end of November culminating in that loss to Liverpool at Selhurst Park. But since that time, and that's, what, like eight or nine games, they only lost one. They did have two draws on the bounce here, Southampton at St. Mary's and then Norwich at Carroll Road. Those are both surprising results. Next up for Palace is Arsenal, and that, I think, is tough. The question is, uh, Roy Hodgson is asking for some reinforcements. I just don't know if they're going to... uh, pay up because you may not know this or not but Crystal Palace have a top 10 wage bill in the Premier League but he needs to add some attacking options quite frankly um, but I'm wondering if that means they're going to sell Zaha and load up some funds particularly if they can get 80 to 100 million for him so we'll have to see I just don't really know who Roy Hodgson is going to target in that in that move uh, Arsenal we talked about Arsenal briefly this is who uh, they get that big big win Against uh, against Man United at home, kick off the Arteta era, and uh, Crystal Palace up next. I mentioned, but for Arsenal, they are looking at the following: they're looking to f- uh, they're looking to add in the centre back and midfield positions. They're looking at Diot Upamecano from Leipzig. They're looking at Thomas Lamar from Madrid. Uh, those are going to cost a lot of money, and uh, we're going to see if the Cronkies are willing to part with any cash. I think it's quite frankly highly unlikely. Um, Granite Jacques is going to go, but he's not going to get that much money. Not going to get that much for him. And uh, the question is, are they going to sell Aubameyang? Because if there's any one player that has serious value at Arsenal right now, I would say it's Aubameyang. All right, we can also talk about Everton uh, Football Club. Of course, Carlo Ancelotti now at the helm at Everton. Uh, they do lose to City 2-1 away, but they did get two wins in a row at home against Burnley and away at Newcastle. Um, I have to imagine uh, that Ancelotti is going to uh, want to try to add a few players, but I think he's probably going to have to uh, sell a few players first. Uh, Tosin and Niasse, 
possibly are up on the block. Of course, don't forget they've got a big third-round FA Cup match against Liverpool. All right, we're making our way down the table here. We're going to get to the FA Cup when we come back. We're talking Premier League. We're talking the holiday fixtures, looking back at them, the final fixtures of 2019, which are now behind us, and we will look forward to the FA Cup. And once again, transfer window open. This is Fifth Street Soccer. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Stay in touch, you know. I talk football throughout the week, all times of the day and night, because fundamentally I have no life. Uh, You know that by now. And join me here Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio. Tune in. uh, The award-winning SiriusXM app, the American Forces Radio Network. Of course, the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, and live on Dan Patrick Sports, SiriusXM 211. Soccer, Nick Eva with you. A lot to get to, not that much time left. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the Premier League, talk about some of the January window signings. Um, we need to talk about Everton. We just did, actually, uh, that unlikely, well, it wasn't an unlikely loss against City. But, they, I mean, look, they got a big bounce uh, when they brought in Carlo Ancelotti, as to be expected. Ancelotti is a quality, uh, quality manager. I expect them to move up the table at the expense of clubs like Sheffield United and Crystal Palace, who I expect will uh, slowly kind of go back down the table. I think Palace's position in ninth is currently overinflated. I don't think their results have really been that good. Southampton, on the other hand, Ralph Hasenhutl has gone from being the manager next on the sack race list to... uh, finding themselves all the way up in 12th spot right now. And uh, the problem is that they spent a lot of money in previous transfer windows. I don't think they're going to spend a lot of money, but they're going to look for a new fullback because Cedric Suarez and Ryan Bertrand are working their butts off out there. And Suarez is out of contract in the summer. Um, So I imagine a couple of defenders on the way in, but I don't know who, and I don't think they have a lot of money. So it's going to have to be a value buy. I'll actually be fascinated uh, to see... Or what they do. Um, let's talk about Newcastle United a minute. Steve Bruce, uh, look, he's uh, lost four out of the last five. He, he was doing really well, had them out of their funk uh, right about, uh, let's see, about uh, before Christmas. They had that home win against Palace. But actually, if you think about it, since uh, the loss to Burnley, they have uh, lost four and won one, and they've gone from uh, ninth in the table all the way down to 13th. And I think they're going to have to do something because they need a striker. They need someone who's actually going to score goals. Another team isn't scoring enough goals. They've only scored 20 goals on the season. And that is not enough. Uh, That is, if you look at the three teams in the relegation zone, uh, that's uh, the same amount as Bournemouth. It's fewer than Norwich, and it's just a couple more than than Watford, and and Watford on the ascendancy. Um, So who's he going to sign? I, I don't know. He's going to need to sell to buy, and guys like Jack Colback and Henri Seve are going to go. Uh, they are they're on a lot of wages, by the way, about hundred thousand pounds a week. Um, they're going to probably sell Dwight Gale. I don't know. Um, apparently, Hull's Jared Bowen is Steve Bruce's main target. We'll see if he gets him. I imagine they will un- offload players. They're very pragmatic that way. And Steve Bruce, maybe a lot of things, 
uh, that he's not. But one of the things that he is is a pragmatist. And so I fully expect him uh, to get his man. Uh, let's talk about Bournemouth for a minute. Things have really gone pear-shaped for, um, for Bournemouth. Because there was a time in the season uh, around uh, beginning of November, Bournemouth beat United 1-0 at home. They were seventh in the table. They'd only lost three games on the season, 11 games in. And, you know, they really were playing some lovely football. Eddie Howe really had this team gelling very nicely. Since then, and we're now talking 10 games, 10 games that one win, one draw, and eight losses, and they find themselves very firmly in a relegation dogfight. Look, I think Eddie Howe's a good manager, but he's going to be more worried about keeping hold of people like Nathan Ake, who I know Chelsea want want and are willing to activate the £40 million release clause. Um, and that's not going to help. And, and, and who wants to go to Bournemouth? Let's be honest. I mean, do they have the money? If they sell Nathan Ake, maybe. But what they could do is they re- they could recall Sam Surridge from Swansea. Uh, but I think Bournemouth in a, in a massive relegation problem. And I would not be surprised uh, to see them get flushed down to the championship at the end of the season. Uh, Burnley, um, not one of the most exciting teams in the Prem, to be fair. Uh, they have lost the last three. They lost to Villa at home. They lost to United. Uh, they lost to Everton. They did win two in a row. They beat Bournemouth and they beat Newcastle, but that was sort of earlier on. Another team I fully expect to be in um, in the relegation dogfight. Sean Dyche, he's looking for players and he's looking to the championship for them. Uh, I'm reading Josh Brownhill of Bristol City, Ollie Watkins from Brentford. Um... I don't know. Danny Drinkwater could go back to Chelsea if they don't want to extend his loan deal. And they've got to keep Dwight McNeil as well. I don't know. I, I think they're another team in, in, in serious, serious problems. Uh, West Ham, you know, we could talk about West Ham. Obviously, they just signed a new manager in um, David Moyes. He returns the unsexy David Moyes. Poor guy. Gets a great bounce his first match back. And uh, with that big win, 4-0 win against Bournemouth at home, um, he's going to be looking for a central midfielder, looking at Stokes' Joe Allen. But look, they've got other problems at West Ham. We do know they're trying to sign a new goalkeeper, Darren Randolph from Middlesbrough, and uh, they're going to have to get some cover up front. But what they do, I don't know. It's going to depend on how much money they spent. A, they have spent a lot of money already, West Ham. Uh, we'll see what David Moyes can do with a squad that is not really all that bad, actually. It's just been underperforming and was underperforming horribly uh, with Pellegrini at the helm. Now, Aston Villa is another one. Uh, This is a team also only one point off the relegation zone, and they spent oodles of money in the uh, summer, over £100 million. Actually, I think it was closer to £150 million. So they can't afford to go down, but they have got to get someone to score goals. Yeah, they've scored 27. They've conceded 37. They they are not where they want to be. Um, my understanding is Milo Rashica from Werder Bremen is someone 
uh, who they're looking at. And don't forget, John McGinn is out for three months with an injury at Villa. I think I think there's real trouble at Villa Park, and, and I'm not sure what they're going to do. But I think possibly the problem for these guys is that Watford are starting to pull their selves up off the bottom, and I don't think that bodes very well for Villa. That's going to leave a bit of a, a void there um, for... Um, in the relegation zone, I think Villa is going to get sucked in, into it. Um, let's have a look. Well, we talked about Watford, talked about Norwich. Who cares about Norwich? They're going to get relegated. Their next match is Man United. So that's that's it. That's a quick runaround. By the way, Liverpool already signed their first player. They signed um, a Minamoto um, from uh, uh, was it Red Bull. And... Uh, He's going to be able to play in the Derby game for the FA Cup. Let's get on to the FA Cup third round. We just got a little bit of time left. Uh, we're going to start with a uh, Premier League versus non-league team. It's going to be Sheffield United are playing uh, AFC Fylde. <clears throat> this is the first time they've ever played a Premier League Cup, and for them, it's going to be a, a just a massive course of celebration. They're going to get tonked by Sheffield United. Sorry, uh, Man City get to play Port Vale. That's a League Two club. And, of course, City are going to be big favorites of that. Uh, I don't expect any upsets there. Premier League versus League One. Uh, Newcastle are going to be playing at Rochdale. That could well be a draw, by the way. Uh, those away games are always tough. Peterborough are going to play Burnley. I expect Burnley to win that. And Watford are playing Tranmere. And I expect Watford to win that game as well. And on Sunday, West Ham travel to Gillingham. And uh, now that uh, David Moyes is there, I fully expect them uh, to win that game. We are running through these quite fast because we only have, I don't know, about four or five minutes to, to finish this all off. Uh, let's talk about Premier League versus Championship Clubs. Brighton, Sheffield Wednesday. I think Brighton are going to win that, but you never know. I, I think Brighton are going to win that. Fulham, Aston Villa. Yeah, I think Villa are going to win that, um, although that is away at Fulham. Southampton are hosting Huddersfield. I expect Southampton to win that. Preston are hosting Norwich. I expect Preston North End to beat Norwich. How's that for your upset of the weekend? Uh, Luton Town going to Bournemouth. I expect Bournemouth to win. Wigan Leicester. Leicester going to win. Chelsea, Nottingham Forest. Chelsea are going to win. Middlesbrough, Tottenham. Um, yeah, Middle uh, Tottenham are going to win that, even though it's away. Crystal Palace, Derby County, I think that's going to be a draw. And uh, Derby County, yeah, a 1-1 draw. Arsenal leads. Arsenal going to beat Leeds. Do you like my analysis here, by the way? It's really in-depth. <laughs> but we've got so many games to get to. I want to at least give you the picks that I've got. And then we got the Premier League clashes. There are not that many of them. There's Wolves versus Man United. And I expect Wolves to win this one. This is at Molyneux. I expect Wolves to knock United out of um, contention here out of the FA Cup in the third round. Liverpool-Everton. I think the only question you can ask is, is what's Klopp going to play? I mean, is he going to play a uh, reserve squad? You saw on the the match uh, against Sheffield, there were some players that didn't play. And, of course, uh, guys like Naby Keita were injured in training and the warm-up. If he plays something like a decent first-team squad, they'll win. If he doesn't, Everton will win. I know it's at Anfield, but I would not be surprised. 
So Championship versus League Two clubs. We have some of those. Let's run through them. Millwall, uh, Newport County. Expect Millwall to win that. Cardiff, Carlisle. I expect Cardiff to win that. And Crew Barnsley. I expect Crew to win that. Then we have Bristol City, Shrewsbury. I expect Bristol City to win. Rotherham, Hull. Hull will win. Reading, Blackpool. Reading will win. And then we got some Championship matchups. Uh, do we have anything left after this? I think these are the last ones. Yes. Um, Birmingham, Blackburn. Blackburn Rovers are just a terrible club. Birmingham will win. Brentford, Stoke, Brentford will win. Charlton, West Brom. I like uh, West Bromwich Albion to win that. And QPR, Swansea. I mean, I know Swansea are favorites, but I'm sorry. Gotta love the hoops. Queens Park Rangers. Come on, you can do it. Make my sister happy. And then we do have one last one. A League One versus a League Two. Burton Albion versus Northampton. And uh, I think Burton Albion are going to win this one. We also have Fleetwood, Portsmouth. Uh, Pompey won't be playing up. They'll be beaten by Fleetwood and Bristol Rovers. Coventry, probably Coventry going to win. So there are my very quick FA Cup picks. I know the third round is fun because the Premier League teams drop in and we do get these nice matchups like we're having with the uh, Merseyside derby. But in general, uh, I get much more interested in the uh, in the FA Cup after the third round once we've had uh, some of these uh, uh, some of these like non-conference teams go. I don't predict any massive upset there. All right. Um, what do you think? Uh, do any of these clubs have a chance of catching Liverpool? We're talking Leicester City and Manchester City because Chelsea, Man United, Tottenham are just out of the race. And at the end of the season, who are going to be top four and who's going to be top six? Can Mikel Arteta make up the ground for Arsenal? I mean, right now, they are three points off a top six spot. I I, I don't know. Uh, Leicester City aren't moving. That's a very good club, very well coached, good talent. Manchester City, well, they're Manchester City. Well, they need to make a few changes, but, you know, they're still a quality side. I don't think so. I think what you're going to do is see teams like Shif uh, Sheffield United, Crystal Palace kind of edge down the line. I think you're going to see teams like Arsenal and Everton edge up the table. The cream does always rise to the top because that's the way it works over a 38-game season. All right, uh, that's just about going to wrap up this segment. I'm sorry to run so quickly through the FA Cup matches. I wanted to give you ample time to think about them, but there is so much going on both in the Premier League and in terms of the January transfer window. Best way to do it is follow me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Give me a follow and uh, let's talk football throughout oh, almost 24-7 because I'm on there all the time. All right, I'm going to take a break and we'll be right back to wrap it up on Fifth Street Soccer. Don't forget, if you've missed any part of this show, you can find the podcast immediately following at the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, the Street Soccer. Thanks for staying with me today. Just a reminder, I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, on these very networks. Hope you will make me a regular part of your week. As we talk the beautiful game here, of course, Premier League football is indeed the beautiful game. And right now, Real Madrid, Barcelona in Spain, Juventus in Italy, uh, PSG in France. I mean, these are all great teams, don't get me wrong. And the Champions League will start up again, and we will talk about them. But right now, the Premier League is where it's at. And the best team in the world, as evidenced not just by their win in the World Club Cup, 
or the Club World Cup, I guess they call it now. But as evidenced by the fact they've gone 59 games with one loss in the Premier League is an incredible statistic. The best team in the world right now sitting in the Premier League in Liverpool Football Club. I fully expect them to run very deep in the Champions League. They may well, they may very well do the treble, the league, the FA Cup, and of course uh, the Champions League, uh, but probably, probably not. I <laughs> would be a naysayer. I think if you ask any Liverpool fan, look, the, the league is what they want. Champions League would be great too. I mean, it would be fantastic to win it the seventh time. And I think the timing is right. I mean, I think City aren't quite the team they were. I think, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, both in rebuilding modes, both having turmoil of their own. PSG, always a tough nut to crack. And I wouldn't be surprised to see PSG have a great run. And I don't know how we got on the Champions League here, but there's so much football to talk about. I just think uh, you're going to see quite the end of the season to Liverpool. As I mentioned, I don't think they're going to go unbeaten in the Premier League. Someone is going to beat them. Um, But who it is... I don't know, but I do expect them to win it. But, of course, uh, it is not done because there's still uh, another 18 games to play for Liverpool. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up the show. Just a reminder, you can find the podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome to 2020. We've got a wonderful year of football ahead. Hope you will make me a regular part of your week and tune in throughout the year. We'll be talking loads more football Monday through Friday. Till tomorrow, have a great night. Cheers. Fairly coming up on the left hand side. Headlights shining, driving rain on the winter frame. Little young lady starters stitching her ride. And it's a two, four, six, eight, and it's too late. Me and my radio fucking on through the night. Three, five, seven. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.